Welcome to Always Andersonville, the podcast. I'm Heather. And I'm Joelle. Today we are joined by Lisa Beacom, General Manager of Andersonville School of Rock, which opens soon. All of their music programs for kids, teens, and adults are designed to help students gain amazing musical proficiency and to get students performing in a band. Students can take virtual one-on-one music instruction from the comfort of their homes with a remote program containing weekly one-on-one instruction conducted by an expert School of Rock instructor in a safe virtual lesson room. Welcome, Lisa. How are you today? I'm good. How are you? I'm good. Good. First, Lisa, can you tell us a little bit about yourself and your background? You must have a serious love of rock to want to open a school of rock in Andersonville. So I'm actually, this is, this is a joint venture. My husband and I are doing this together. His name is Jim Sellers, and he is a local jazz musician. He, he's a piano player. And I, we actually met because of music, so that's, that's pretty cool. But um, I have been singing forever. Um, my background is really in theater, um, but you know, that included musical theater and I took voice lessons for many, many, many years. And then I signed up for a class that Jim happened to be, uh, accompanying and that's how we met. So that's how that story goes. But, um, so yeah, I mean, music in general, I, and rock and roll most especially, um, both of us, you know, he, he started out his musical career in high school in a, in a band, you know, and, and in a rock and roll band. And I really, you know, my, my musical background started more with, um, you know, Broadway type singing and everything, but, but, you know, you evolve as you, as you uh, mature. So, um, anyway, that's, that, that's really both of our backgrounds right there. That's awesome. Um, I can identify with that quite a bit. (laughs) Um, My husband's a jazz guy and he's got a rock background and does the lessons and the theater and all that stuff. So I always feel like we're in good company and part of the reason why we love Chicago. It's such a great music and performing arts community. It really is. How did you kind of get to know about the School of Rock? Did you know someone who was doing that themselves or had friends who were involved or because I've seen it around before, but um, it's great to have one up on the other side. So actually it it was kind of random. It was a fluke. I don't know if it was a Facebook ad or if it was an email or something, but Jim saw school of rock and there, and he saw something that said franchise opportunity and he went, what? So we, we just sort of started talking about it. Like, why not? You know, and then, and we just sort of continued to talk about it. And it was like one of those things that, oh, one day you'll do stuff. But this was like, we could really do this and we could really do this now. So we kept talking about it and um, it just became more and more reasonable for us to take this plunge and to move forward with it. And um I don't know. It just, there was, there's never, there's never been a time where it didn't make sense for us since we found out about it. Um, And the more we find out, the more we love the, the whole community, the School of Rock community. So. And I know our intro said that the School of Rock in Andersonville is opening soon, but how long has this whole process been from the idea percolating with both of your brains to kind of moving forward with the franchise? When did it all start? 
So it, I think he saw the ad or saw the, it, it first came to his attention, I believe it was a year, I believe it was August of last year. And we started like the very tail end of August and we started talking about it. And um, we had meetings with the School of Rock corporate team. And then we actually signed the franchise agreement at the end of January. Um, so, and then COVID hit. So it was like, what? It was a little scary for a little bit, but uh, corporate really rose to the occasion. And the School of Rock model is not remote. It's about gathering and it's about being together, but you do what you got to do in a pandemic, right? So they created an entire online curriculum in a couple of weeks. Um, so it's been really exciting to see how how people how the other owners and the other the and the other schools have maintained through this crisis so it's heartening it's it's you know because it was a little scary there for a while it's like oh we signed on and now all of a sudden everything's stopping you know so it was a little scary but but we're really excited to continue moving forward so and that actually segues really great into one of our questions so we what can folks sign up for right now with School of Rock Andersonville virtually? And are you sort of thinking about a model in which it's a hybrid opening when the location in Andersonville does open? So yes, yeah, we are thinking about a hybrid. Um, right now, people can sign up um, for any of the lessons that we offer traditionally in person. We're gonna do them all over Zoom. We do have a few students already. In the short term, until we have enough students, we're doing one-on-one -on -one lessons. But as soon as we have enough students for a virtual performance class, we'll start one. And we'll, you know, do, there, there are already, you know, a lot of the other schools are doing virtual performance classes. It looks a little bit different than your traditional performance class would, but, but they're doing it. We're, we're all doing it. So there's, for any level of, of student from age three through adult, we can offer something online right now. When we open our building, when we, when we finally have our grand opening, I believe what we're going to do, at least in the short term and maybe long term, who knows? Who know, this world is so different now than it was when we first took on this challenge. Um, I, I think probably what we'll do is we'll let people continue to do virtual if that makes them more comfortable with the one-on-one uh, -on -one lessons with the instructor, but the group lessons will happen in the building. And, you know, we'll offer both. People can come in if they want, but if they're more comfortable staying home, they can stay home for their one-on-ones. That's great. It seems like you've got a good plan and there's something for everybody. And you mentioned that the, you know, the age range of your students and what's available for them starts at age three. So um, Joelle's got a really little one and I have a medium sized one. I have a seven year old. And um, so can you talk about like, what does it look like for a three year old? And, right. you know, and also like, um, just generally speaking for someone who maybe doesn't have any experience um, mm -hmm. with music and they're kind of getting started. And can you also talk about, you know, someday when we're able to get folks together playing like how does that work how do you put people together who've never played with one another before and um, make something really cool well okay so so first things first so so like the three to five year olds we have a program it's called little wing 
And it's really just kind of an introduction to music. You know, we get them together for 45 minutes once a week and play some music and it's not wheels on the bus, you know, it's like the Beatles and it's like, you know, it's like rock and roll, obviously, because that's what we're all about. But so it just, it, you know, we have little percussion things. They can beat on little, you know, beat with, do little drumming if they want to. They can, we have little bongo, you know, stuff like that. So they can sort of play along, but it's really just to get them musically minded, you know, to get that feeling in your body. You know how music is like in your, in your body, you know, and it's not just something you think about. So that's, that's their intro. So when they hit six, what we do, we have a program called Rookies and Rookies is for like six to eight year olds. It, it's also a group lesson um, once a week where they come in and they get to play songs. They, they get to play with all the instruments. They get to play with the bass. They get to play with the guitar, the drums, the keyboards. They get to sing. They get to do everything until they decide which instrument they'd like to pursue. And if they have more than one, great, even better. But once they decide which inter which instrument they prefer, then we can move them, uh, depending on their maturity level, but, but around eight is when, as long as they know what instrument they want to pursue, we move them to Rock 101. And Rock 101 is, the, is where they start to have a one-on-one -on -one lesson with an instructor once a week, and then they have a, an hour and a half rehearsal with the other kids in Rock 101 another a different day or you know sometimes it'll be the same day whatever but but they have two two things a week and they get to just play together you know it's a it's a song school of rock is song first they're we're gonna bring the kids in they're gonna learn a song okay they might not know how to read music yet they might not know theory but they're gonna be playing a song which will keep them more engaged it will keep them coming back and then through that, once they know the song, then we can teach them the concepts that they're doing. Not, not that they're learning, that they're actually doing. You know, oh, you're playing quarter notes here. Oh, you know, you're playing forte. You're playing pianissimo, you know, whatever. They'll learn it through already knowing the song. Um, and so there's, and there's a, there are certain things they need to do to quote, graduate from Rock 101. Once they're ready to go beyond Rock 101, they're in the performance program. And the performance program is the signature flagship program of School of Rock. And there is also, we also have an adult performance program for anybody over 18 can do this too. But the kids one um, is, I mean, it's, it's so much fun. Um, they, there are shows, we, we, but the, the whole goal is to get up on stage, to perform with other kids, to like everybody on stage has their instrument, knows their part, and they're out there in, in front of a paying audience in a real club, you know, in a real rock venue. So when um, that happens about four, I think it's four times a year, once a quarter, there will be a show. It'll be like a Led Zeppelin show, or it'll be like a Beatles show, or it'll be like a 60s rock, you know, whatever we decide the theme will be. The music director and um, the show director, if there are two, there might be, depending, we'll see. Um, they'll decide, they'll figure out the casting of all the kids that are in performance. And, and we don't like, um, it, let's say we have 10 kids, that doesn't mean we have two bands. We have 10 kids that all work together because, you know, we don't want anything clicky going on. You know, we want everybody to feel like they're a part of our community. 
And then, so when it comes to casting the shows, there's, you know, you're going to be able to work with everybody at some point if you stick around, you know? So, um, and then, yeah, they do the shows, people pay, hilarity ensues. It's so much fun. It's, it's so much fun. That's awesome. I think I've seen back in the before times, um, (laughs) (laughs) um, at Wells Park there last summer, they had like the outside series, mm-hmm. um, the music series, and they were there were kids in the gazebo. Like, I think they were doing smoke on the water, mm-hmm. something like that. Yeah, <laughs> but yeah. it was great. They were awesome. It was really amazing to watch. And I know you haven't opened yet, so there's a lot of things that you're just like excited about getting to witness. But I would imagine that like there's going to be some like moments of magic where you get to see a kid kind of like connect for the first time and be oh, like, yeah. oh. This is, you know, this is something really special for me. So that's really exciting. It is. I think, uh, you know, it's funny because I hear the, the name School of Rock and I'm like familiar with like the movie and there's a musical and all of that stuff. So um, do they have anything to do with each other? Or is it just, it's just like a good, it's, it's like a good well, way to describe what you do. So it's a long story, but it yeah. starts in, a, I, I believe, 1996 with a man named Paul Green. And he was in Philadelphia and he started a, he had some private students and he decided to let them sit in with his band one night. And he was kind of sh- surprised at that they didn't do that well. Um, so he started to think about, you know, how, what's, what's the deal? What's, why is it so different playing in a group than it is playing in my studio? And so he was like, you know, we, there's something we can do about this. So he started to bring his kids together and he realized that the kids that were playing with other kids were progressing much f- faster than the kids that were not um, for so many obvious reasons. Right. But, but who to thunk. So, so he, he started it in, um, in Philadelphia, he, he called it, uh, he named it after himself, and it was the, so it was the, the Paul Green uh, School of Rock and Roll. And then uh, there was a film crew that wanted to do a documentary on him. So they started following him around for a while. And then the history for me gets a little muddy in there somewhere. At some point, then, the Jack Black movie got made. Um, he was still doing his thing, the documentary was still starting. They were going to do a reality show, I guess, and then it turned into a documentary. Um, but anyway, then, um, you know, Jack Black's character was, well, he says it was based on him. I don't know. I'm just, you know, I'm just a bystander here. <laughs> but <laughs> but uh, the movie was made and he was like, hey, that character seems a lot like me, right? But he was getting nothing but positive, you know, feedback for it. So he was like, why not? And then they shortened, he, he bought the domain schoolofrock.com. And then it, things just sort of snowballed for him from there. Uh, he, then he sold the rights to somebody. And then the current group bought it in the, I want to say in the 20, early 20 teens. And then it just became what it is now, which is a really a growing community of, of schools around and literally around the world now. There are, there are schools of rock on every continent. So. That's awesome. It, yeah. Sorry. So it's definitely a question based around like uh, with the intent of like 
rock is for everyone. So like, let's just spread the love. Like, yeah, <laughs> let's, exactly. um, yeah. uh, let's use like the success of, uh, whatever, you know, movie or personality or, or whatever yeah. was, um, successful and run with it. So that's awesome. But Joelle, Henry, what were you going to say? I was going to say, didn't your husband play in school of rock musical? Yes. So he, my husband played in the first national tour, nice. um, in, late 2018 through 2019 so he's been home for a year now but it feels like it feels like it just went by in the blink of an eye he was uh did about 35 cities so that's cool yeah i actually traveled with the kids and (laughs) it was super fun that that's cool yeah i took musical improv from um somebody in uh who ended up at second city and um and comedy sports who ended up understudying dewey on broadway so Awesome. Yeah, very cool. Very cool. It's a fun um, group of people to be around. Just Yeah. And then Lisa, I'm curious. I know you sort of touched on this at the beginning when you said that the corporate kind of unrolled all of this virtual training and obviously the goal is to get all these kids to perform. Mm-hmm. Has there been much thought on what a virtual concert or performance would look like for School of Rock Andersonville? So, well, not specifically for us, but the, some of the other schools. So the the... The very biggest concern uh, with School of Rock is the safety of the kids. And that's regardless of COVID. Um, you know, everybody, everybody has to be background checked. I mean, obviously you're working with kids and everything. So, so safety is number one. One of the first things they did was hire a doctor to say, hey, you know, advise us through this. But um, so there are different things happening, like the, there are recording projects happening um, there, the virtual, it's hard with a virtual performance because there's a lag. So you can, it's hard to get the instruments all, you know, so what some of them have been doing, um, is like each student will record their own thing and then they'll, somebody will put it all together to make a, a concert kind of thing. Um, it's a little different, but like, I know some of this, now that things are opening up a little bit, uh, more than one school has gone to a drive-in movie theater and their kids are on stage doing their their rock and roll and the parents are in their cars you know so there are options so I'm you know I'm thinking I'm thinking we'll have options by the time we have a performance class that needs to perform absolutely I mean there's definitely yeah there's so much you can do we actually attended we my husband and I attended a virtual concert but it was a drive-in so they had at a big parking lot and then the cars would all come in and it was it was in California but we were like hey and you know you pay for your virtual access and it's I mean it's the future for a while right so I think that would be so cool and um you know there's a lot of parks in Chicago so one right that there's plenty of um ways to do this safely especially as um maybe the warmer weather rolls back around next year right yeah um and from having experienced School of Rock um, before diving into your own business here, were you surprised, amazed? Um, I know Heather mentioned seeing them before. I believe one of the schools performed at Midsummer Fest, um, which is our street festival, a few um, years ago. And it's just like, it's so incredible. Like some of these talents and they're like, how old is that child? Right. Do you have any of those aha moments of past performers you've seen? With School of Rock? 
Um, you know, I haven't seen a lot of School of Rock performances, so I, I, I can comment on what other franchise owners tell me. Um, and I mean, they're like, they're like, just to be forewarned, now that you're a franchise owner and you, you own the school, that first time you see those kids perform on stage, you're going to cry. Just be ready. <laughs> I'm like, okay, I believe you because, you know, it's just, it's such a thing. It's such a, a major thing to all of a sudden, like, be a legit rock band. You know, I don't know. It's, it's, um, I, I just, I can't wait. I can't wait to see how it goes and how, then the looks on their faces and how they blossom when they finally get that get up on stage and, and get that whole experience under their belts I can't wait neither can we we definitely look forward to being able to catch a performance in one way or the other um, so it sounds like you you've got the virtual lessons thing going on right now and and future planning is happening for whatever the the world allows yes so we'll be sure to to let everyone know as those plans unfold and we'll uh, share all of the good things that are coming. Um, one of the things that I always love to talk to people about is, you know, what, what are your top five favorite albums or artists? Like what are the, I think, you know, when you see those kids perform for the first time, there's going to be that song that you really love. Um, right. That's probably going to make you cry even harder. But um, <laughs> um, is there something that, you know, that you really loved growing up? Um, artists that really influenced you? You know, it's, it's, it's really difficult for me to answer that because, I mean, when Jim and I put on our, our, our personal playlists, it's so random. It's, it's funny how random it can be. It's like, uh, you know, you'll hear a Beatles song and then you'll hear like Charlie Musselwhite and then you'll hear John Coltrane and then you'll hear something from the Book of Mormon. I mean, I don't, it's just so completely eclectic. It's funny. It's, it would be hard for me to narrow it down to five. Um, I, I always have, <laughs> I've always told people when it comes to my personal, like as a singer, uh, influences, um, Ella Fitzgerald and Alanis Morissette are, are my, my biggest influences for, uh, similar and very different reasons. I don't know, you, you know, you can't talk about music without talking about jazz and, um, it, it very much influenced rock and roll. And, you know, I would add to that at this point in my life, uh, like Susan Tedeschi and, you know, oh, Bonnie she's Ray, amazing. Right. Yeah. 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 I mean, there are so many and Nina Simone, let's add her in there while yeah. we're at it. You know, I mean, yeah. so many amazing. And, and that's just, that's just the women, you know, I mean, <laughs> yep. there are so many groups and uh, I don't know, it's, I, I couldn't, there is no way I could narrow it down to five. I'm curious, and maybe you don't have to answer this. Um, what was either the last song or album you were playing in your car and or if you have a record player on vinyl, do you know what's currently sitting? If you, I don't know if you have one. I'm just... I do. Okay. And, but I don't think there's anything on it right now, but I believe the last thing that was played, um, hmm, it's, it's almost got to be a jazz album, honestly, because uh, that's what we have the most of. Um, the last thing that was playing in my car, jeez, when was the last time I was in my car? <laughs> I mean, you know, I'm <laughs> um, <laughs> So I'm watching a baby while working from home and it's constantly like, I'm trying to expose her to different music and we both are. So 
funnel, you know, one of her favorites is Coldplay for some reason. <laughs> okay. <laughs> Ever since she was really little. So like the, there are two Coldplay songs that are part of her bedtime routine. Nice. But right now my brain is just so like, I feel like I play the Disney radio music like way too much and I just need some inspiration. Totally off topic and you don't have to use this, but uh, have you heard of Sandra Boynton? Yes. I was going to say Heather probably. She does, she does the children's books, and actually. They, and they come with CDs, or yep. you can probably download them at this point. But her stuff is so fun that it does it makes you, you know, adults don't want to, like, commit Harry Carey when they're listening. You know how, how yep. you do with all those <laughs> same Disney songs over and over? Mm -hmm. Her stuff is silly and fun. And, I mean, like, B.B. King and Meryl yep. Streep and the Bacon Brothers and, you know, a lot of yep. really great people. Uh, do the, do her stuff and it's it's really it's very cool awesome yeah well, i will definitely check that out um and just for fun i know you said you come from a musical theater background mm -hmm. um so if you weren't currently a curator of pure rock and roll talent that is untapped in andersonville and surrounding areas <laughs> um would you choose another career path it could be completely different or it could be down the musical theater route just curious where else you feel like you could have gone? You know, I, I mean, that's, doesn't everybody think about that all the time? I mean, yeah, I would be doing more theatrical stuff. I also, I also have a side hustle. Uh, I, I narrate audiobooks. Awesome. I was yeah. going to say, you have such a great, like, recording voice when you started talking right away. I was like, ooh, she's either a vocalist or she's a vocalist. <laughs> yeah, both. So yeah, I mean, it's it's really fun. I would do that full time. Um, I, I just enjoy it. It's good. Uh, you know, it's good fun. That's that's all I got. That's all I got. Awesome. There. <laughs> awesome. Um, so we have gotten to the portion of the podcast um, where we always ask every business owner uh, the same question. And that is, if you could trade places with another Andersonville business for a day, who would you trade with and why? Well, that's easy. First slice pie, because pie, you know? Pie because all pie, yep. <laughs> right. Pie all and actually, um, do you have a favorite pie from first slice? Uh, I, not yet. Okay. I haven't tried them all. I mean, don't yeah. you have to try them all before you can have a I don't know. I'm just so stuck on the Michigan sour cherry that I feel like uh, I don't need yeah. to try. <laughs> <laughs> uh, yeah, that's, uh, th that one is amazing. Yes. But yeah, no, I don't have a favorite. I like their chocolate mousse pie. Mm. I think I've had all their pies, but <laughs> it's just chocolate in a in a pie crust and right hits the How spot. How can you go wrong? <laughs> <laughs> it hits the spot. So that's and, a great uh, choice. Lisa, I guess we would be remiss because I don't think we actually asked this before. Um, why Andersonville? What's the connection here? Oh, yeah. Well, okay. So when we bought, when we buy into the franchise, we get a territory. Okay. So our territory is um, from the Edens to the lake and from Tui to Foster. And we started looking around. We were like, you know, I mean, we're familiar with the area. We used to live in um, West Ridge, you know, a while back. So we were, you know, we were like, well, there are a lot. I mean, there's a lot of, a lot of great real estate around, you know, I mean, it's just, there's a lot of great communities. And then we drove down Clark Street and we were like, 
Andersonville. It's got to be Andersonville. You know, I mean, there just was once we were like really, really looking, I, there just was no other option. I, and I know we're sort of where we're going to be is kind of on the edge of Andersonville, but I think it still counts. And I know um, we're not going to disclose the address in this recording. We will include it hopefully in the podcast notes and in the Andersonville Weekly that this goes out with because you've just signed a lease. So you're waiting for everything to officially go through. But congratulations. That's Thank super, you. super exciting. We're very excited. We'll be so excited, like Heather C, to see what comes out of this and um, just kind of get you started here in the neighborhood. Yeah, I can't wait. I, it's such a great community. We were just at the farmer's market the other night and it's just so great, so much fun. So just such a great community. It's almost like a small town, oh, you yeah. know, it's great. <laughs> I love it. It is very much so. You never have to leave if you don't want to. Right, right. Everything you need is right there. Well, thank you so much, Lisa, for being here. And thank you all out there for listening to Always Andersonville, the podcast. For more information about School of Rock Andersonville, please visit locations.schoolofrock.com slash Andersonville. Show notes on today's episode can be found at andersonville.org. Thank you, Lisa. Thank you. Thank you. Always Andersonville, the podcast, is produced by the Andersonville Chamber of Commerce and currently recorded via Zoom. We thank you for your listenership, and if you like the podcast, please subscribe and review us on Apple Podcasts Spotify, or your favorite podcasting platform. We are also actively looking for podcast sponsors to sustain our production. Please email us at info at andersonville.org for more information. Thank you for your continued support, for staying active in our community, and for staying always Andersonville.